our topic this week, all week, has been early intervention. And, and in talking about this with you, uh, you mentioned that sometimes people, when they're starting out, they have no idea what that looks like, what it is, what their expectations should be. And we thought it would be a great opportunity for you to talk about that a little bit. What, what does early intervention look like? Yeah. Um, it's, it's very interesting because people don't necessarily know exactly what they're signing up for when they decide they're going to be doing early intervention for their child. And um, so, you know, you start off by simply outlining what's going to go on and what it's going to look like so that you can set up expectations because it really kind of comes into their life like huge. Uh, like the freight train. <laughs> if it's really good, effective, intensive early intervention, it mm -hmm. should be a freight train that's coming in and things, things are going to work differently in the family for a while. Yeah. And I just started a new client recently, and um, we had an initial meeting where we set up and uh, all the expectations, what it was going to be like, um, described all the different clinical positions and what everyone's roles are going to be and mm -hmm. things like that. And um, the parent was pretty overwhelmed. She didn't realize that, you know, it would require so many hours and people were going to be in her home and all of this kind of stuff. So... But that is frequently what we're talking about. Not always now, because now there's center-based systems as well, where you might be dropping your child off for a portion of that time. But it's still going to be a lot of hours, and at some point they're going to be in your home. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of uh, center-based models are happening, or um, non-public schools where you can drop off your child. That's a lot less intrusive for the family. Um, there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to each of those, whether you do it in a home or a center or a school. Um, for, but oftentimes kind of the more traditional approach has always been going into the home. Yeah. And, um, with each new child who starts treatment, you get authorized for a certain amount of hours per week by your funding agency. And, um, some kids get still 30 or 40 hours a week. Other kids get a lot less. But even with a kid who, let's say, going to school full time, and getting maybe like 10 or 15 hours a week, that's a lot of hours that you're fitting in after school hours and on weekends. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even get a single day off. Yeah. So and people have to prepare themselves for that. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon right now that I, I've been talking with a lot of parents recently that in the, in the previous years to this, before we had the insurance mandate, parents had to fight for that. They had to fight tooth and nail to be able to get the funding for that. And so while they were fighting, they would hear stories about what it was and they would keep fighting for it because everybody said, you have to do it. It's a little bit weird to me now that people will go in. It's great. Don't get me wrong. That people will go in, their child gets diagnosed and they say, okay, so here's your prescription. And they don't know what they're getting because they didn't have to fight for it. So it's sort of like a cold shower for them. They go 40 hours a week. You want me to do 40 hours a week with my three-year-old? Are you nuts? Um, and of right. course, we're, nobody is nuts. That's really the ideal, correct? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't really see very many 40-hour week kids, honestly, anymore. Um, a lot of times, um, even when families are getting this amount of funding, they're not using the hours. Oh, so they heart. choose not to use the hours, actually, because they want their child to be doing other things, and they've got them signed up for all sorts of other therapies um, and things that they're doing. They don't see the importance. And so we sometimes get in a struggle of trying to explain to them that um, the research shows that this is an effective thing for kids with autism, but it's at a high dose, you know. Yeah, I need and their number, their phone numbers, and their addresses. I need to go talk to them in all seriousness. And I know you can't give me their phone numbers and addresses. I'm kidding. But 
you know, for me and for so many of us who have walked this walk, um, for people to be offered it, we fought so hard for them to get it. And if they don't know how to use it well, that breaks my heart. Yeah. We need to fix that. And everyone within the sound of my voice needs to hear what the doctor is saying.